You are about to listen to Pastor Dominion Jigar, the lead pastor of Brace Up, a ministry aimed at bringing Christians to the Bible standard of word, prayer, and evangelism. Be blessed as you listen. Contentment. Glory to God. The teaching series has been The Believer and His Money. And today we are taking contentment. Say contentment. Contentment. Alright. Some of you, this is the first time you are hearing the word contentment in church. Glory to God. In many churches, many gatherings, contentment is a far cry. Contentment is anti-cultural. Like, if you are contented, you you don't belong to the group. Praise God. And sometimes, contentment is not sold to you, you know, like, don't be contented where you are. In fact, sometimes they say it like that, you know. But the culture, the culture forbids contentment. And if you're not well taught, you will think that they are teaching you faith and who you are in Christ. Not knowing that they are teaching you greed and selfishness. Praise God. You can be taught content, you can be taught greed, and you think you are being taught who you are in Christ. So be careful. Praise God. And listen. Many times in those circles, when you hear the testimonies of people, oh, do you, have you realized that the testimonies of a church, the testimonies of members of a church, is a strong indicative of their theology? Think about it well. The testimonies they share. There are some of you that have strong testimonies about your life. I because I gauge your life against what I teach and what we practice and what we believe. For example, in, in some circles you see all the testimonies are about got a job that pays higher. Bought a brand new car. Oh, I just did my house warming or my, you know, before I was a tenant, now I'm a landlord. And while those are demonstrations of the act of God and demonstrations of the faith of men, there are higher testimonies in Christian faith. Some of which, if I tell you about, even you might feel like... Not Jim Jim enough. Let me give you an example. If the example says, Oh, 
Praise God. Say hallelujah. I'm a 300 level student. Last semester, my lecturer said, if I don't sleep with him, I'll fail my exams. And I said, no, I'm a daughter of God. I cannot do that. To the glory of God, I stood my ground and I failed my exam. Hallelujah. And she's going back to her seat. They're like, ah, where's the testimony in it? Like, bring my magnifying glass. Let's look for the testimony in what she just said. Well, you know what? Now, some of you don't even know where the testimony is. What she just said is a strong demonstration of the Spirit of God at work in her and a strong manifestation of her faith in Christ Jesus. I know what you're thinking about. But if she passed the exam, the testimony will have been complete. No. The testimony is complete like that. What she did has eternal significance. Passing or failing exam has no eternal significance, does it? Let me give you an example that might help you. You don't value a man that is materially poor but in Christ as less than the man that is materially rich in Christ. If you're a billionaire in Christ and you're a pauper in Christ, the both of you are the same. Your material prosperity does not improve your value. Same thing. Her failure or her success does not improve her value as a Christian. Now, in the world, all those things count, right? But in Christ, how can you think that a temporal thing can improve the value of an eternal thing? Praise the Lord. So that her testimony is a powerful test, a complete testimony. Like, hope you know that passing exam is not a sin. Neither is failing exam is sin. But fornication is a sin. So whether she passed or she did not pass, she overcame something that had eternal significance. And that's fornication. So that's a strong demonstration of the faith in God. For example, look at the story of the, he- the, the three Hebrew boys. They say whether our God delivers us or he doesn't deliver us, it doesn't matter. We will not bow. That's what counts. Whether we die or we do not die, it doesn't add anything to us. It doesn't remove anything from us. That's your perspective as a believer. Do you understand? That's your perspective as a believer. Don't think that the testimony is more powerful. How can you say the test is more powerful because she passed? The greatest of the testimonies is that she stood in faith. It's called a testimony of faith. Praise God. So those are the people we celebrate. 
We come and celebrate food. And I say, oh, I want to thank God. I came out of the first class. Did she tell you what she did? Do you know how she got it? But because all we celebrate is that, oh, they gave me promotion. We, we don't celebrate those. So those that stood in faith, they were pressured, they had financial pressure, but they said, no. If this man will not promote me based on merit, if I'll have to, you know, sin against God to gain the promotion, I choose to remain in the status where I am. He might even sack them from the work. And you think that's a foolish decision? No. That's someone that's trusting in God. Let me read Hebrews chapter 11 to you. Verse 35. Are you there? Are you there? You're not there. <laughs> Hebrews 11.35 Thank you, Lord. Now, he told his earlier in the book of Hebrews, he spoke about people that did awesome things by faith, you know, stopped the mouth of lion, did amazing things and all. In verse 35, he, he said, Women received their dead raised to life again. He says there were others that were tortured. Now I'm reading from the NIV. Refusing to be released so that they might gain a better resurrection. Did you see that? And he calls this testimony of faith. That these people were tortured, had an opportunity to be released if they renounced Christ. But they said, no. I don't want to live a life that doesn't glorify Christ. I would rather die to gain a better resurrection. This called testimony of faith. Verse 36. He says, Some were jarred and some faced jars and floggings and even chains and imprisonments. He said, They were put to death by stoning. They were sawed into two. They were, ki they were killed by the sword. They went about in skin clothes, in sheepskin. They went about in sheepskin and goatskin. Destitute, persecuted, mistreated. He said the world was not worthy of them. They wandered in desert and mountains, living in caves and holes in the ground. 39. These were all commended for their fates. These were all commended for their fates. Can you give commend? Jonathan, can you give commendation to people like this? In our culture today, when I felt like, oh, the testimony is not complete. He said they were commended for their faith. Praise the Lord. So don't let today's culture change your view of what success in Christ looks like. And some of us have been affected already. We just don't know yet. For example, let me give you an example. Another example. 
when some of us say we want to live long, you want to live to be 80, you want to live to be 90. It's not for because it's not for any special reason. It's not like ah, I want the gospel to spread. I want to, you know, to see more nations taken. You just goes want to enjoy our lives. You like that thing where you just hold, you just come out in the morning, you just drink tea, you just watch TV. People just come, you just just with them, tell them about things that happened fifty years ago. Feeling like ancient of days. Just uh, <laughs> we just we just want to enjoy our lives. You know, your children will be taking you to different places in the nations of the world. That's all. Did you read about Paul? A man that wanted to be alive for one reason. For the progress and joy of faith of others. He, he wasn't planning to be the oldest person in his family. That was not his goal. The only reason he wanted to be alive was for the spiritual growth of other people. Why is that not your perspective? Do you understand? You just want to live long to enjoy this life. You want to labor while you are young and enjoy it when you are old. Paul never thought that way. He never thought it was time to rest now. I've labored. Let me even get, tell you another example. <laughs> oh. Now my even <laughs> haunt you even more. Praise the Lord. When we think about our future, let me describe what some of us see. You see a time when you already have a company that is running on its own. You don't need to go to work. You just maybe wake up at 11 in the morning and stroll to the place, just supervise what's happening for two hours and then you come back home. And you're big, you prepare the gate, the, the horn, pump on, maybe you honk the horn. Your gate man opens the door, you just cruise into your big house. You finish working for the day, two hours. Then after like three weeks of doing that every day, you go on vacation. Do you understand? You go on vacation, you go to maybe the United States, you just lodge in a hotel, just going around, snapping pictures, shopping, relaxing. From the work you've not worked to. Traveling from different countries, just eating different types of meal. Is that not what we think about? If, if, if that's what you think about, can I see your hand? Just don't lie, you. Don't lie. You are doing like it's not true now. Okay. I'll have known that you were wrong. No problem. For you, that's your dream. You just want to enjoy your life. Right? It's a chilling life. Jesus talked about you. I will read it. Let me tell you how God sees you. <laughs> Luke chapter 12. Let's go there. Luke chapter 12. 
Let me tell you the title of that place. It's called the Parable of the Rich Fool. You understand? <laughs> Someone in the crowd said, Luke chapter 12 verse 13. Someone in the crowd said unto him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. And Jesus said, Who appointed me a judge over you? Verse 15. Then he said to them, Watch out and guard against, be on guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. Then he said unto them a parable. So he said, beware of greed. And then he told them a parable to buttress the point. Do you understand? Response, do you understand? Alright. He told them a parable. Verse 16. The ground of a certain rich man yielded abundant harvest. And he thought to himself, what should I do? I have no place to store this crop. Then he said, this is what I'm going to do. I will tear down my barn and build a bigger one that I would store my surplus grain. And I will say to myself, I have plenty of grains laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink and be merry. Is this not what we have thought? Is this not what we have planned for our own lives? That I just have plenty of money. I can just be traveling around. Do you understand? And then sometimes when we are thinking about all of those things, somewhere on our inside, we start feeling guilty, like God is hearing all these things you are thinking, no. God is hearing, no. Hmm, hmm, hmm. They will now say, we now, we now chuck some religious thought inside. And I'll come to church. I'll build a big church for my church. I'll give my pastor money. You want to, you want to psych God, you know, so that it won't look as if you see greed. Do you understand? Look at how God responded. Hmm. Verse 20. God, but God said unto him, You fool! This very night, your life will be demanded of you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? Who will get what you have prepared for yourself? 21. This is how it will be for whoever stores up things for him for themselves but not rich towards God. I want to say to you today that you let go of that covetous dream you have. Let it go. It's called covetousness. I know you thought it's living the life. I know that's all you have planned and wished for your future. But the Bible calls it greed. Let it go. The society has sold it to you. When you watch, you know, the TV and you, you, you're on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter, you see all these celebrities. Today the person is in New York. Tomorrow the person is here. You know, next to more, the person is there, just living the life. You have said to yourself, this life, I will enjoy it. You know the funny thing about what you think about this life? Do you know that the, the life I just described, even the billionaires of our day don't live that kind of life? Like you just said, ah, Bill Gates is here, he's shopping. Have you ever had shopping with Bill Gates? Or shop, Mark Zuckerberg shopping. 
you know, just lodging in hotel and just chilling, not working. So number one is unrealistic. It only happens in your mind. Praise God. Number two, and more importantly, the Bible calls it covetousness, and Jesus said to guard against it. So let it go. Jensen, let it go. He said, You are rich. You stored up things for yourself, but you are not rich towards God. You are not rich towards God. Now, in Revelation chapter 3, um, Jesus describes a church that thought they had material things. Actually, they had material things, but they were not rich towards God. Let's look at it. Revelation chapter 3. Are you there? Verse 14. To the angel of the church in Laodicea, Writes, these are the words of the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the ruler of God's creation. He said, I know thy deeds, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I wish thou were either one of or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I will speak you out of my mouth. You say, I am rich and I have acquired wealth and do not need a thing. This is what you have planned for yourself. This is, what you, this is what you have prayed and envisioned for yourself. I am rich, acquired wealth, and I do not need anything. Do you understand? Teaching believer and his money. This is the believer's attitude towards money I'm teaching you. So, he's, Jesus said, this church was thinking like that. Now, I'm saving you the trouble so that you don't, you don't plan and walk towards it and you get it. You know, if you walk at it, you'll get that kind of life. Well, how does God see you is what counts. Alright. He said, but you do not realize that you are wretched. Not Rachel. You are wretched. He says, pitiful. Can you imagine? He describes that kind of person as pitiful. Then he says, poor, blind, and naked. Now, this is how God sees you. You. You have said you are rich. You stored all things for yourself. He said no. You are to be pitied. Now listen. Listen to me. The world doesn't pity these kind of people. They envy these kind of people. They are the role models. We push them forward and say be like this kind of person. See don't you like this kind of life? They even teach it to us. Work hard now. Tomorrow, you have plenty of money, you don't need to work, just stay at home, don't be enjoying life. It says you are pitiful, poor, naked, wretched. What does he say next? Verse 18. He said, I counsel you. This is the counsel of the Lord. He said, I counsel you. Buy from me gold refining fire. He's telling people he he called Paul to buy from him gold. Because 
they have material things, but they don't they are not rich towards God. They don't have treasures in God's sight. So he says, Buy from me gold refined in fire, so that you can become rich. Now, this is how to become rich towards God. You buy from him gold. With the wealth you have accumulated, you buy from him gold so that you become rich in his sight. Huh. You lose your material possessions to get eternal ones. And you know what? Can I tell you something? Do you know that God's will is not that you are poor? He's not trying to say, you know what? I don't want you to have things. He's saying, no. I want you to have a treasure that outweighs other treasures. I don't want you to be rich in temporal things. I want you to be rich in eternal things. I actually want you to have gold. But I don't want you to have gold that can perish. I don't want you to have gold that can be stolen. So God wants you to be rich in things that count. Now, if you don't value the treasures of heaven above your material possessions, you will struggle to buy gold from him. He wants you to be rich. So he says, buy gold from me. This is what the believer does with his money. Do you understand? This is what the believer does with his money. He doesn't accumulate wealth that can be stolen. He doesn't consider himself rich when God considers him poor and naked. He considers himself rich in the things that count. Praise God. So I said, was it last week I said, in the world, they value people as rich by how much they've been able to gather. In the church, we value people as rich as how, by how much you need to distribute. Not only in the church, God values you as rich. Not by how much you have gathered, but how much you have distributed. Verse 18, let me read it again. I counsel you, buy gold, buy from me gold that is refined in fire so that you can be rich. He said, and white clothes to wear. You see that? So that he can be covered from your shameful nakedness and solved to put in your eyes so that you can see. Because he says they are blind. Do you understand? So your perspective is very important. It becomes, listen, it becomes a struggle to buy gold from God if you do not see that what you are buying is higher than what you have. This is a gain for you. It's a gain for me. Do you understand? It's a gain for you. It's a gain for me. We gain when we... This is why he says it is blessed. It's more blessed to give than to receive. Because when you give, it's a gain for you. Look at Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. Jesus reiterated... It in Matthew chapter 6, verse 19. Thank you, Lord. He says, Do not store 
up for yourselves treasures on earth. Now, you think he's saying, okay, don't be rich. He says, where moth and venom destroy, where thieves break in and steal, verse 20, Matthew 6, 20, but store up for yourself. See, he wants you to store up. Do you understand? He wants you to store up for yourself treasures where moths where moths not destroy and where two thieves not break and steal. He said, for where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be. Praise the Lord. So God wants you to be rich in the things that count. Say that. And that's very important. That's very important. So say, I would be rich in the things that count. I'll be rich in the things that count. I'll be rich towards God. I'll store up treasures in heaven where thieves can't break in and steal. <laughs> you know what? This kind of message reveals two things. Number one, it reveals the when you realize you are struggling with what I'm teaching, it's revealing the greed in you. I just want to stop. Oh, come on, I want to just stop up things in my bank account. So it's revealing the greed in you. Where he says, Come and buy from me gold. <laughs> in Luke chapter 8, 18. Jesus told someone, he said, go and sell all you have and come and buy from me so that you have treasures in heaven. He said, go and buy all, sell all that you have, give to the poor, he said, so you have treasures in heaven. The guy got angry, he said, no, no, no. He got sad, he said, no, 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 no. What's that? It reveals the greed in you. So say I refuse to be covetous. In the name of Jesus. Covetousness is far away from me. I birth generosity in the name of Jesus. Good. The second thing it does is that it shows, it reveals your lack of trust in God. We, don't, we, we find it difficult to trust God. Okay. When the guy sells all he has and gives to the poor, how is he going to feed? Okay, I buy treasures in heaven. I make sure I'm pumping, distributing wealth like the early church. How am I going to survive? If you keep reading Luke chapter 12, he said the birds of the air, your father feeds them. He said, don't worry about yourself. You see that? Don't worry about yourself. Now some of us, <laughs> Want God to be feeding you first. You are getting miraculous supply on his steady day. And I say, okay. Then I'll go and carry your money and say, you can only distribute. It just shows how much you trust material things. And you don't trust God. Ha! <laughs> Oof. Allow the word of God to permeate your life. Allow it. You're safe in his hand, right? Okay. 
So we might not have the time to read it. But when you read that Luke chapter 12, we read from verse 27 to verse 30. Let's let's read it very quickly. Luke chapter 12, where we read the story of the rich fool. 27 to verse 30. He says, Consider how the wild flowers grow. He said, they do not labor to sp- or spin. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in his splendor is dressed like this one of these. He talks about how God blesses something that doesn't labor and doesn't work for it. This is the grace of God. And can I tell you something? You must learn excuse me, to see the grace of God in your finances. Some of you, when the Lord blesses you, someone just says, ah, send your account number and send money to you. You now begin to think, oh, what did I do? Okay, that last meeting, I gave my last 500. That's why the Lord is giving me 5K. What's wrong with you? Why are you just petty? He said he blesses the wild flowers that did not, do not labor nor spin. He gives them for free. Why do you think you must labor to get blessed by God? He's your father. Do you understand? He's your father. You don't have to labor for it. He just loves you and then he gives you. Praise God. Alright. 28. Is that how God clothes the grasses of the field? And this is Jesus talking. Which... Is here today and tomorrow is thrown into fire. How much more will he clothe you, O ye of little faith? I told you, your trust in God. It reveals your distrust, your lack of faith in God. He said, do not, do, And do not set your heart on what you would eat or drink. Do not worry about it. He said, for the pagans run after such things. And your father knows that you have need of these things. Don't worry yourself about what you eat or drink. He said, your father knows that you have need of these things. Praise God. Let's read 1 Timothy chapter 6. 1 Timothy chapter 6 is a very, very instructive passage when it has to do with contentment. First Timothy chapter 6. Are you there? Alright. Read verse 6 together. First Timothy chapter 6 verse 6. One, two, go. But God... Again, but godliness with contentment is great. Wow. It says godliness with contentment is what? It is a godliness with abundance, with contentment. He calls it great gain. Verse 7. He says, For we brought nothing into this world, and we cannot take anything out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. Read verse 8. Let me hear. 8, verse 8, verse 8. Want to go. 
Again, one to go. Again, one to go. Did you get what I? Did you get what I was trying to do? I'm trying to make it sink. This is an apostolic instruction, but having food and clothes, let us be content. Wow. Wow. Let us be content. This is an apostolic instruction. I know you love to shout and grab who you are in Christ. You fight for it with all your might. You won't allow anybody to say righteousness is by works. Now fight for this. Fight for this. Godliness with contentment is great gain. If you have food, you have raiment, be content. It's the same thing Jesus was saying. Be content. You're in a good place. Do you understand? We just have many things you want to chasing. There's this type of jeans you want to have. There's this type of shoe you want to have. There's this type of socks you want to have. There's this kind of glasses you want to have. There's this kind of this one you want to have. But you already have... You have black glasses. You say you want to have brown. Okay, now you have brown. You say you want to have red. What is wrong with you? Be content. He said, what's the difference? He said, it's the color of the frame. What is wrong with you? Because you've watched enough of celebrity lives. You see their room. The room of shoes. You think they are selling shoes. But it's actually the person's personal shoe that person uses. To go away to heaven. Do you understand? You buy purple. Lilac, this one, uh-huh. different shades of purple of the same shoe. They now buy different shades of the same shoe again, different shades of blue. What is wrong with you? You see, you also have different shades of white. Of the sh- you have pure white, you have stained white, you have off white. Uh-huh. It was white too. You buy. What is wrong with you? Uh-huh. So this one is milk, this one is cream. You are okay, you have shoe. Just for what? For where you are right? For walking, it's okay. Sometimes look at your phone and say, look, this phone is working well. There's no, I don't need to change it. Do you understand? You just you are just waiting for the money to enter. You want to buy another black trouser. But you have one that's functioning well. Now you are not resting again. <laughs> you want to buy a second wristwatch. What's wrong with the first one? Nothing. Does it go with all your clothes? Yes, it's a neutral color. So what do you want? Say I want to buy a white one. Or I want to buy an orange one. Will that go with all your clothes? Say, no, there's this gown I bought. What is wrong with you? Listen, 
Listen. Hmm? Patience is the fruit of spirits. Some of those things, eh, if you are patient enough, with time you get to a place where there won't be an extra body. You won't, you won't need to pray and fast to get them. Do you understand? Sometimes, listen to me. Listen to me. There are things you buy just luxurious, just I want to enjoy myself. And it's fine. It's okay to take care of yourself once in a while. Do you understand? But there are just some things you don't need. There's nothing you should be doing in this life that should make you have 1,000 shoes. Or even 300 shoes. Pairs of shoes. Now, there's a level you'll be in life that five shoes is too much. Do you understand? But there might be a place you might be in life where you need maybe 10 or 20 or something. But 300, who are you, Spartan? <laughs> Calm down. Calm down. Tell yourself, Calm down. Calm down. Calm down. You want to buy human hair. Your own hair does not grow. You want to buy another person that struggle to grow their own. Do you understand? Listen. Listen, let me tell you something. By the time you realize that you want to step up by something you've bought is an issue. It means that thing has a greater value than you yourself. Because it's thing that's stepping you up. Do you understand? Do you understand? Nothing adds value to you. Now, in the eyes of the world, yes. And is it okay to do that? Yes. Uh, you want to go and submit a proposal. You are coming down from Okada. And you say they should give you a hundred million naira to do the project. What is wrong? What, who, who do you think you are? <laughs> do you understand? <laughs> so, in the eyes of the world, yes. Branding. Packaging, all of those things. But never should those things add value to you. Say this, never will things add value to me. Never will things add value to me. Welcome. Praise the Lord. So sometimes you just look at yourself and tell yourself, look. Okay, this thing I want to buy now. What do I need it for? What do I need it for? I want to have this type of bag. Because this is the bag that is trendy. What do I... I have all the bags. If I want to, if I want to go to my husband's house now, I don't need to buy extra box. I just wear my clothes in all the bags I have and I can go. But you want to still buy an extra bag because it's trendy. Like I said, when you now begin to value yourself by the things you have, there's an issue. There's an issue. There's an issue. When you now begin to re see people that have some things as better than you, there's an issue. 
when you need to see people that don't have what you have talking about material things as less than you there's an issue the treasure you have in Christ is something more than gold praise the Lord So verse 8 of 1 Timothy chapter 6 says, But having clothed, um, food and raiment, let us be content. But having clothed and raiment, let us be content. I'm satisfied. Now listen to me. Being content doesn't mean that I don't want to um, have more. But it doesn't have a hold on my heart. Do you understand? doesn't have a hold on my heart. The more I want to have doesn't improve who I am. Some of us are even not sure. We don't trust ourselves. Some of us, even up to now, still feel like the reason why we are not blessed financially is because if we are blessed, the kind of pride <laughs> that we would have. Do you understand? The kind of pride I will have. So we feel like God is, is withdrawing Wealth from us. Learn to be content. Johnson, learn to be content. So yes, do you want to be financially better? Yes. The reason, the question is why. Ah. The question is why. The question is why. Let me let me look at the scripture in Ephesians. I hope I find it. When, when did I read that scripture? Uh, I hope you help me to find the scripture. What's the scripture again? <laughs> eh? Is it? That talks about what I'm saying. <laughs> Is you? Na- I told you she was reading. This, let me tell you the scripture I'm looking for. I can I can quote it by heart. Paul said, "Let him that steals steal no more." He said, "Let him labor with his hand, that you will have to give those that need." Is you now. Ephesians 4.28 Are you there? Anyone who has been stealing must stop, must steal no longer. He says, but must walk doing something useful with his own hands that he may have something to share with those in need. So, the reason why this guy is walking the reason why this guy would want to work harder and get more is so that he can give to more people. Your wealth in the sight of God is valued by how much you distribute. Praise the Lord. So, here's the idea I want to plant in your heart today. That look, you're actually good where you are. You are good where you are. 
you might not have all the colors of dresses and all the colors of shirts and all the shades of a particular color but you are good where you are it's okay do you understand clothes is for covering your nakedness you're already doing that it's okay and you know what some of the things that we even try to get with time we'll get it was peace that was telling me about when you know many years ago peace under the old testament mm-hmm. there's a peace under the old testament mm-hmm. have you seen a picture of oh, like 10 years challenge there's a peace no, <laughs> there's a peace under the old testament from the complexion to the composure yes i mean she understand so at that time or sometime after that time when she was tending towards the new testament she said she met, she went somewhere and she saw someone you know peace now peace does peace, peace always looks for opportunity to fall hand she was so she was looking at this lady so much so that lady had to tell her you know what i think which one she, the girl is in a blackberry which one i think it's uh, Cove. Is it yes. Is it in, uh, touch, touch three. Touch, touch, touch three. Uh, touch two or touch three. Thank you. Now listen. She was looking at the girl so much. The girl had to tell her. I like what the girl did actually. She said, "Look, don't worry. All these things is time. When your own time will come, you either give you this phone you want to collect." Jonathan. In a couple, maybe like two or three years later or thereabouts, she was using Q five. Listen to the lesson. Some things will just take time. They will come. Don't kill yourself. Don't say I must get it by all means. No. Even that one too has come and gone. Do you understand? Don't begin to look at yourself that oh man, I can't I can't join this group because and listen, never classify people by what they have. If the person is in Christ, is a brother. Do you understand? Yeah. If the person is in Christ, is a brother. Whether he has plenty material things or not. What you have, listen, the material things you have is so that you can help that person. So make sure you are helping the person. And it shouldn't be difficult. The person doesn't have to be begging you and begging you and begging you and begging you. Have fun now, have fun now. Be a believer. Is that clear? So just be content. Alright? Just be content. Now, um, as I close, what I would say is, consider the riches in Christ as higher treasures, as higher treasure than material treasures. The Bible talks about Moses and said he considered the reproach of Christ greater riches. Joseph, greater riches than the riches of Egypt. He said because he was aware, he paid attention to his reward in heaven. That should always be your perspective. In the world we live in today, if your eyes are not on your reward in Christ, you would never be able to give anyone anything. You will never be able to be generous if you are not content. Do you understand? You will never be able to 
the give towards the spread of the gospel if you're not content. Why? Because you would always have even genuine needs. Do you understand? You would have even genuine needs. So you must learn to see the treasures in Christ as higher. Praise God. You must learn to see the treasures in Christ as higher. You must learn to see that, look, the money I'm giving is for the spread of the gospel. That's better than the new share I want to get. Do you understand? So you prioritize. I'm not saying don't, don't do good. I'm not saying don't have things you want. But learn to prioritize. Let, the, let a good percentage of your income go for the spread of the gospel. Why? Because you are enriching yourself in the things that count. You're storing for yourself treasures in heaven. Jonathan, so learn, you must train yourself, and this should be part of your practicing education every day, that you are helping yourself see the treasures you have in Christ as higher treasures than the wealth of this world. That you are evaluating people by who they are in Christ and not what they have in their pockets. Can I tell you something? That's the only way that I know that what's happening in the prayer session that will not drift from our message. Will not drift into a message of prosperity gospel. Do you understand? Because every, this is the thing, every other teaching that is not Christocentric hmm, is based on physical things. Maybe deliverance, maybe health, Maybe material things. Do you understand? So you are praying for your enemy to die. Why? Because he's affecting your progress. But if you value who you are in Christ as greater treasure than your progress, do you understand? You won't think you are losing. Do you understand? Because nothing that you have in this life can add to who you are in, who you are in Christ.